Everybody and welcome to Inside the Circle, your weekly dose of high school softball on GameTimeCT.com. I am your host, Sean Patrick Bull, your new host, because Pete Paguaga didn't want to do it anymore. He's too busy with baseball and he loves that so much. So anyway, I'm here with Ryan Lacey, the head high school beat writer for GameTimeCT, who's going to be covering softball all season long. And well, I mean... Uh, well, it's been kind of a strange season to, to start with. We got a lot to talk about. Uh, I'm not going to start off with a guest this week because, frankly, just the big showdown with Massick and St. Joseph, the one versus two, got postponed. St. Joseph had to postpone another one. He had a bunch of postponements all over, so we're really not really into the season yet. So we're just going to do a quick rundown of what's been kind of happening. It seems like the consensus is Massick is loaded again. Uh, with Sam Sheeby and uh, you know and Meg McFarland as as Jack McFarland, <laughs> his Staples baseball coach, uh, talked about on the baseball pod. So uh, um, hey, anyway, we're gonna just uh, jump right into it and uh, talk to Ryan here. Ryan, what's going on and uh, what's going on in softball land? Uh, not much. Thanks for having me. Happy to be here. Uh, Pete's loss is my gain. Um, <laughs> doing this with you this spring, so I'm looking forward to that the most. Um, yeah, like you said, it's a slow, slowish start to the season because of rain, which is, I feel, something like uh, we would probably talk about every year living yeah. in the Northeast. Mm-hmm. Right now, that's for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, you mentioned, mentioned St. Joe's. They've had games against Massac and Cheshire move back you know, into the season. So uh, a lot of incomplete report cards you know, through the first week plus so far this season. Yet we have the second game time CT top 10 softball poll. And uh, we started off with Massac, the defending class L champions. Uh, at number one, they had the lion's shares of the votes last week. This week, they gained a little bit more. They didn't play the St. Joseph game. They gained a little bit more. St. Joseph didn't play the two teams that we really would like them to see. Trumbull actually started off at number three. They jumped up to number two because they came away with a victory over Seymour. Um, uh, it was it was a it was a walk off. Yeah, um, yeah, five four. Uh, they were trailing heading into seven. They came back and won. The game was at Seymour, so oh, it was wasn't that a, it wasn't a walk off. But they were down four to two, I believe, and scored three runs in the seven. So definitely a big win. Um, yeah, like you said, Massa gained some um, more spots. You know, more first place votes. They started out the season with only seven out of fourteen or fifteen, which I thought was a little peculiar coming off a twenty seven and zero season, but. They uh, beat down some FCI teams to start the season and sort of you know reaffirmed that they are probably the best team in the state until someone beats them. Yeah, I mean, as of this uh, podcast, they're two and zero, beat Staples fourteen to nothing, and Ludlow 12, 12 to nothing. Yeah, and Ludlow's good. They'll be a you know they'll be a top five team in the FCI. So you know to just beat them pretty easily is obviously a you know feather in their cap. Yeah, no, obviously that this is you know we they were you know junior oriented last year and. Um, and and became number one, and with uh, with that uh, with that great run they had, uh, you know, it's it's good to see. Just kind of personally speaking here, I mean, I covered the the Fico years <laughs> at Massick, and uh, when Jackie Sheff, the current uh. Trumbull coach, uh, coached Massick, and they won those titles uh, about ten years ago, which is just unbelievable to me. There's been a lot of changes since then, but uh, it's good to see Massick kind of atop the heap. They're, they're always a great program. You know, here's the thing, a really interesting thing about it. You look at Massick, number one. You see Trumbull, number two, and St. Joseph, number three. These are schools that are, like, within spitting distance of each other. I don't know if they want to do that, but a few years ago, it has been it would was dominated by Southington and Cheshire. Right. Uh, they're sitting there at four and five. 
And then you have NFA sitting there at number six. Uh, they were seven last week. Um, and then the newcomers this week, we have Seymour down there at number eight. eight. They didn't move. And Amity dropping four to, to, to nine after losing to North Haven. So the North Haven kind of bumps up there. They were unranked to start the season. Lauren Card had a couple, a bunch of great games. Uh, a pitcher, she's obviously one of the top players in the state. Someone to watch on. Then we, and then you sit in there, you have our first, our second, excuse me, CCC entry at EO Smith, 2 0, beating Enfield and Ram 9, 7 3 and 9 nothing respectively. So, I mean, overall, I mean, looking at this poll, what, what, what do you think? Um, first thing that jumped out to me, I'm, I'm glad Seymour stayed where they were. I think a loss like that is actually a good thing because they've been. They've received slack in the past for not scheduling, you know, tough teams concerned the NVL is not the strongest league. Mm-hmm. And to play Trumbull like that, you know, tooth and nail and almost come away with a big win, you know, imagine if they beat them. Like, how high up the pole? Yeah. They would have been back in the top three for sure. Mm-hmm. So to almost beat them is, you know, is, is close enough to win as far as I'm concerned. That should give them a lot of, you know, momentum heading into their season into, into Class M. That You know, they should be the, you know, the favorites to take that down. They have a lot of talent. Yeah, um, they even always though they do. lost Becca Johnson, they have, you know, so much talent coming back. So... And like you said, North Haven, um, Lauren Card, definitely in the category for best pitcher in the state. Four hitter against Coggenshaw, five hitter against Norwalk, five hitter against Amity in 11 innings. So only <laughs> allowing five hits in 11 innings against a team like Amity that's always got a strong offense. Um, that's a really, you know, they won SEC last year. They got hot at the end, but then they lost in the first round of the Class L tournament. So, you know, voters might not know what to do with them, but they have, I believe, eight or nine seniors on their team. So they're experienced and in the right positions and they could be, you know, they could be in store for a really big season. Uh, right. They were number one for a good part of last year, weren't they? Who Seymour were? Yeah. Yeah. Seymour was number one. And then Massick passed them. I believe when Seymour lost their only game of the year to St. Paul. I only regular season regular game. Regular season game, yeah. Because then they won the NBL and then they made it to, they lost to Granby in the Class M quarterfinals. They right. made a bunch of errors and lost three to two or something like that. Right. And that's, you know, that's the margin of error here. I mean, it's, it's right. happened to softball, and it seems they really, I mean, baseball errors are big, but softball errors, they really compound because there's not a lot of, there's really not a lot of wiggle room. Right. And that's the only thing that'll, that'll beat you when you're this talented. You know, that could be the difference between winning or losing a game when you have great hitting and you have great pitching. If you don't play good defense, that could let you down. Yeah. Um, so, we're, so let's take, just take a quick look here at, uh, you know, the, I think the biggest news of the of the season really going in was that St. Joseph, your defending Class M champs, uh, moving up to L alongside oh, yeah. Massick. Again, really disappointed that they did not play that game to really start the yeah, season. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, you were over there. What 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 happened? Yeah, it was a nice warm day, the warmest day of the you know the short spring season by a mile. It was in the sixties, nice out. It had rained. I believe either Thursday night or Friday morning. This was a Saturday. It was like game. intermittent. Yeah, too. and it wasn't even that much. And apparently, St. Joe's Field is very susceptible to that. I mm-hmm. didn't know that because I had never covered you know a game at that field right. heading into that. So I get there and it's very you know it's very marshy and mm. and the massive girls are just heading towards the bus and it's like okay well this is not happening today <laughs> so it got postponed till april 20th so it's pretty soon you know and then the same thing happened with their you know their game against cheshire on this was supposed to be this this past saturday and you know some rain moved in and, and that was it uh, people are going to be talking about that massic st joe's game because you know people probably thought before that happened that massic's going to have an easy time through class out but then st joe's gets bumped up and People want to know, and you had mentioned before about how the three schools, Massac, Trumbull, and St. Joe's, are so close. Like those girls probably know each other, you know, from the yeah. back of their hand. Probably have grown up playing together, you know, in sports, being right there in town. So, you know, I'm sure it'll be a nice mini rivalry to you know to renew because 
they played last year during the regular season, and I believe Massick won two to one. It was a close game, so you know it could you know it could be close again this year. No, I, obviously, I I think. It, while it's good to kind of start the season off with a bang like that, yeah, it would have been nice. I think this is a allow the teams get a little, you know, the, let them get into the season a little bit, let them kind of find their strengths, their weaknesses, what they need to figure out, and I think playing it a little later is probably a better, probably better in the long term. That, that right. way, it's not like you look at it and like, well, it's the first game of the season. You right. know, it's kind of hard. Everyone's kind of, pull, you know, getting all the rust off. And there was no rain. There was not a lot of you know, a lot of weather issues heading into. I'm sure a lot of teams got a, a lot of good practice. And it probably yeah. would have been good. But, I mean, listen, good to get everyone's kind of legs under them first. It would have been nice to see them play uh, Cheshire there. I mean, I would love to see these two teams uh, clash with, with undefeated records. We'll see how that goes. Uh, but what, you know, you look at that matchup, I mean, that – Right now, as we sit here on April 8th, you know, people are already talking about that this is going to be a, this is potentially a Class L championship uh, uh, preview. Right, yeah. Game. As soon as they moved up, the people I were talking to were, you know, were saying that sort of thing. Um, you never know how the brackets shake out because St. Joe's does play in the FCAC, you know, so they might slip up and that might move them down, whereas another team might move up. I think North Haven's made strong, you know, a strong enough case early on that that might not happen. Mm-hmm. I mean, you would have to think that Massac and St. Joe's are still the favorites, but it's a lot closer now than you know you would have thought of. But yeah, it'll be it'll it'll be an interesting one. Um, St. Joe's game against Cheshire is actually first. It's actually this Saturday. Okay, uh, so they have to play, uh, you know, four games in like five or six days or something like that. But um, I agree to the rust will be have worn off. More for St. Joe's, I think, because they play in a more, you know, the FCX a little mm-hmm. more competitive. So they'll, you know, they'll be right, you know, they'll, they will have hit closer to top form than they would have if they started out the season. Well, let's take a look at these teams. I mean, you cover Mass uh, a lot. Obviously, they're number right. one. Uh, you know, what what do they bring back? I mean, we, we mentioned two of them at the top, and obviously those are two great players. Uh, what, do they, what makes them so tough uh, to, to beat? Um, now they have a little more experience, even though they lost they lost two key players, Erica Pohl in their catcher, and Alexa Vakula as their shortstop, but they brought everyone else back and hit, hitting was a little hit or miss last year by their you know, their high standards. You know, <laughs> they have they have very good hitters and you know, sometimes they struggle to score. They they beat St. Joe's two one last year. They 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 struggled to score against Barlow, but then the bats just came alive in the playoffs last year and you know, no one got close to them. If they hit, they won't lose. Right. Uh, to have two amazing pitchers, Sam Sheeby's going to University of Bridgeport along with McFarland. They're both going to the same school. And Maddie Prosick's a junior, so when Sam graduates, they might not even miss a step next yeah. year. She's just as talented. And there was a game or two last year where she came in and, you know, preserved wins, you know, for being that. I remember, I recall the Brookfield game. Brookfield actually hit Sheeby hard, and Prosick came in and just threw zeros, and that was it. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, they have – as cliche as it sounds, they have everything. They have hitting, they have pitching, and they have the experience from last year. They peaked at the right time last year, and they just they steamrolled everyone, which is why they're such a formidable outfit heading into the season. I'm concerned about what schools in the SWC will be able to <laughs> put up a fight. Yeah. Well, I mean, I know Brookfield was there against them, and uh, yeah. seems like Brookfield's off to a relatively yeah four zero with a lot of offense. They've hit ten runs in each of their four yeah. wins against some you know some pretty decent teams, and most of their offense came back, which makes sense. So they um, probably still have to figure out pitching, but their their offense is awesome. How about St. Joe? 
Uh, they have their well, they have most of their players back too. Um, Peyton Dorian, their pitcher, was obviously through a lot of you know big big games for them last year, and they're always well coached, right? Jeff Babin was probably one of the best coaches in the state, and they always they always have quality um, quality players at their disposal, and to have won the FCAC, what is it, three out of four times, yeah. or four out of five times, one of those two, that's pretty remarkable, you know, on in itself, right? So. You know, moving down a little bit uh, to the teams that you never, ever can can kind of count out or, or they're always going to be dangerous. You know, you're looking at uh, Southington. It's been a couple of years now since uh, since they've been, you know, kind of the top dog. Um, but again, that I mean, they're, they're always so good and you never know. And then obviously Cheshire, which you did a story on this this week. You know, why don't we start with Cheshire uh, and as far as the SEC goes? I mean, it's re- it looks like a really oh, tough yeah, conference. like uh, always. Uh, Cheshire, Amity, North Haven. Now, North Haven was kind of a tricky team last year. You didn't quite know what they were going to bring. I mean, right. Card was usually pretty good, but it didn't seem like they really had the, uh, the best run support there. Um, and, uh, you know, just looking at the SEC, Cheshire, Amity. I mean, Amity, I know they lost a ton. Yeah. Um, but they're always right in the mix. How about some of those teams in, in the SEC? Yeah, I saw Massick play Amity in a scrimmage, and Massick gave it to him pretty good. I think it was like 16-4, to 15-4, something like that. So that was a little um, – and just another feather in the cap for Massick really more than anything right. else. But, yeah, the SEC is unpredictable. I mean, Cheshire went through the whole year. They were the one seed going to that tournament. They lost to Sheehan, you know, in the quarterfinals of that tournament, and then North Haven got hot and won. I mean, is it weird to think that North Haven are the favorites to win this? Like well, after the start of the season, year, right? right. I, I mean, they sort of, you know, they they weren't the favorites going into that. Everyone was looking at Amity Cheshire, and then they, you know, they they had a great week and won. But it seems like their start slash the best pitcher in the league is what you're looking for, right? So, you know, Cheshire graduated an incredible pitcher two years ago, and then last year Natalie Amato came in and did stellar. Amazing, yeah. And then this year they're asking another you know, player Bree Pearson, who's a sophomore, I believe, to, you know, fill those shoes more often than not. They usually do because Cheshire is such an incredible softball town. But, you know, it's something you want to sort of see first. And I feel like hitting is surpassed pitching a little bit here. Mm. If you know, like the the finals and the semifinals of these tournaments were higher scoring than, you know, typical in the past where you would just have a flamethrower that would just you know strike out everyone and yeah. you know win like a league. fico type yeah exactly exactly i mean those class double L quarter even the quarterfinal games were crazy the semifinal games were crazier you know and s- the margins are so fine so uh, you know when you see when you do see a dominant pitcher you you want to think like oh well you know the advantage is with them but then when you see these hitting clubs it's like oh <laughs> you know it's hard to get nine people out that can all hit you know regardless of how how, how good you are but it's early days, but I, some Cheshire or North Haven. It's hard to, you know, they're both so talented in in their own in their own ways. Mm. Um, you know, the word on uh, Southington uh, in the CCC. I mean, you're looking at that. Uh, I mean, they they seem like they. I mean, they have an EO Smith team, which yeah, they have EO Smith, Madison Shea is uh, a junior. She could be the best hitter in the state. Mm. She hit close to 600 with power. You know, don't you know. Don't know about the competition they face every you know every week, but they have a you know they have a good chance to have a great season. They were very young last year, and, and you know they, you know they barely got knocked out of the class double L tournament, and you know they're they could be a you know a sleeper type. And Southington, I read that they graduated Kara Zazara, who is one of the best pitchers in the state, and they, I believe Hernandez told a reporter that she was going to use four or five pitchers this year, which will be kind of an interesting to see to go you know 
go to Southington and check them out and see, you know, see what that's all about. And, you know, if that gets narrowed down during the season at all or, you know, whatever the case may be. Right. If they're going to beat teams 21 to 5, right, like they right. did Connor, I think they're going to yeah, be okay. Yeah, right. Like, exactly. It seems like they're going to have a little bit. I'm like, I, I think Davina, I think she, we'll, we'll probably talk to her later in the season, but I, I, I think it, this, just given their pedigree and how great, great they are because compared to the rest of the league, uh, I think yeah. they know that they can have a little bit of uh, they can play around a little bit and see you know maybe who who works out best for them. Yeah, that's um, tough knocking the competition every you know every game that you'd like to. Uh, they were supposed to play NFA, I believe, on the opening day of the season, and that also got yeah. <laughs> rained out, which is a recurring theme uh, so far here. But yeah, both. I'm you know I'm curious to see both of those teams. I'm curious to see you know NFA who has a senior pitcher you know experienced and you know very good and you know Southington which will never not be good. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as like, you know, you, usually, usually I'm used to seeing Fitch, you know, you look at it out in the ECC, uh, you, you Fitch, but it looks like NFA has got everybody's attention right now. 3-0 yeah. as of this uh, podcast. Yeah. yeah. Griswold won the league last year, which was, right. you know, an amazing accomplishment. And, but, you know, NFA seems like this could be, you know, their season. Oh, yeah. Anything about them? I guess, uh, uh, who was it? Sarah Cope. Or how do you pronounce Cote or Cote, right? <laughs> Sorry. Um, you know, it seems like she's a good hitter. She had her 100th, uh, got her 100th hit um, in their 11 4 victory over Stonington. Had three hits and three RBIs. So, uh, you know. Didn't they, didn't they lose a, a, their pitcher? Yeah. Uh, no, no. Bailey Cohn was their senior. Oh, she's a pitcher. She's there. Yeah, she's there. Um, yeah, that's, you know, what gives them so much hope. They lost their catcher, uh, Shay Gendron. She was one of the better players in the state last year, I believe, for right. his team all state. So, um, that's, again, that's who I was thinking of. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, anytime you have an experienced pitcher, you know, you're, it's going to give you guys a little more confidence. Um, any other teams, yeah, the looking up here, I mean, I mean what, what else are we looking at? I mean, North Brantford, I mean, talk about some of the smaller schools, the North Brantford's and, yeah. and the Coggin Chogs of the world. Coggin Chog lost their, uh, looks like they've lost once. Uh, you know, what about some of the schools in the lower end? Um, yeah, North Brantford graduated their pitcher, Chase Center, um, uh, Sinertia, um Griswold also graduated their pitcher. Both of those schools, they were in the poll all year last year, and you know they made deep runs in Class M. Um, as far as teams that didn't get votes or you know dropped out, Bristol Eastern and South Windsor out of the CCC, both those teams have the potential to you know push Southington and you know give them good games. Um, yeah. That's really all I had for those. So <laughs> That's okay. This is again the, like 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 all the other teams. We're just kind of feeling our way around here uh, at the start of the season. Yeah, uh, I, I heard some positive things about North Brantford coming into the season, but it seems like the shoreline's wide open. I've I've one of the coaches told me that like five or six schools could win the league, and North Brantford has some talented hitters coming back. But you know, when you lose a pitcher like Sydney Sinertia, it's hard to you know you know replace that. She's a kind of kid that doesn't come around too often mm-hmm. so i mean just want to get a we're going to do a quick rundown here of uh some of the top performances which you can find on game time ct we're looking at i mean obviously lauren card uh had two shutouts against cogginchalk and norwalk i mean north haven jumping into the pole defending sec champs really i mean they're usually the last few years they've been pretty good especially with card there um you know sam shebe of a massive they she Six inning shutout, three for three at the plate, twelve nothing win over Ludlow, which he says is actually going to be pretty good in the FCAC. Um, going up in the NCCC, you have uh, Anna Maria Grossgritz. I think I said that right. Taught through a shutout and an eight one eight zero victory over Rockville. Uh, over in Stratford, Stratford, which is usually pretty decent um, in uh, in uh, softball, I and mean, they have the 
the field, right? The Luca Fields right there. They're the home of the, the Breakettes. Um, and uh, she threw a no-hitter in a 13-0 victory over Benel, arch-rival Benel. Um, Angela Grinrod. I, I don't know if I said her name. Anyway, any, uh, over uh, the back in the NVL, how about St. Paul, you know, as far as a foil to Seymour? Didn't they beat him last year? Yeah, they beat him in the regular season, then Seymour beat them. Once at the end of the regular season, I believe, and I think they beat them in the NBA. I can't remember the, that second part, but yeah, they have a couple, you know, talented players on their team, and I'm curious to see if they, if they'll give Seymour, you know, a game this year. Jessica Parashino, uh, with a hundredth career hit, they beat at uh, Waterbury career eighteen to two. Callie Jolly is a, another player, um, you know, in the SEC as far as the SEC con- is concerned. You know, law is usually pretty good. Yeah, they, law beat North Haven in Class L. The you know the first right. game for North Haven, you know, coming off an, an SEC championship. So they're they're very deep. That is the worst when you act, when you face a team that you, you played in your in the, you know one of your conference rivals. Uh, that's always that's right. Just, yeah, it's just rough, especially when they knock you out. Uh, that I do, I do remember that and being like, yeah, that's just, that's just that'd be tough. So Callie Jolly, obviously, congrats to her to another hundred hit milestone. We talked about Sarah Cody uh, for NFA. Um, Alex, Alex Ferriolo, who had the the big hit against Amity, uh, walk off home run, two two to one. I mean, if the North Haven gets those kind of performances, uh, they're going to be really tough to beat. And then, uh, you know, Shannon Quinn up at Danbury. Danbury made made a little. Yeah, they have some good hitters. They lost a tough one to Stanford over the weekend, and I think 10 right? innings, 10 8 innings. to 7. But they have um, a couple of sophomores, uh, Gianna Iquinto and Trinity Santiago, both sophomores. Both were top of the line hitters as freshmen. One batted first, one batted third. <laughs> <laughs> so they're they're pretty talented. Um, it, I'll be curious to see how far up the FCAC they get. I, I you know, Stanford is very good also. So yeah, that, was that was not a bad loss by any means. No, that was actually Stanford's first first game, if, I, if I'm correct. Yeah, their first game of the season. Oh, yeah. wow. Yeah, I was just looking at one. What, they're only a 1-0, so that was their first one. And, you know, Stanford's been pretty good. Um, so, yeah, she hit a home, runner, home run in the sixth, and uh, they beat Law. So there you go. They're FCAC and the SEC kind of button heads already. Okay, looking forward at the games to watch here, you had a lot of Monday games here, which may or may not be on. I know uh, St. Paul is playing Seymour today. That game is on. Southington at Bristol Eastern. Bristol's usually pretty good in softball. Uh, they're usually a good foil. Um, they got moved. Ludlow at Danbury is also, was also supposed to be played Monday. Uh, I'm not sure about that one. Um, and then the West Haven, East Haven is... To tomorrow now, Tuesday. It's Tuesday. now Tuesday. So um, that should be a West Haven off to a great start. I, like I had in the you know in the article there, first time starting four zero in at least a decade, as far back as I could check you know the schedule. So they beat they crushed a couple teams. I mean you know not the hardest schedule so far, but you know crushing bad teams is a sign of a good team. So you know it'll be interesting to see a good test you know against an East Haven team that's off to no and two start, but they played two really good teams. And, right. Uh, yeah, to North Brantford and Cheshire. That you, you don't get much tougher than that. Um, uh, West Haven is a is a really interesting. We'll have to keep an eye on them. That they were really good, uh, you know. Like you said years ago, uh, when uh, Biondi was running things, and they had a, a lot of good time. But a lot, they're one of those towns that a lot of gets siphoned off a lot of it. You get a lot of girls going to Sacred Heart. You get a lot of girls going maybe to Laurelton Hall right. or, or other places like that. Especially Sacred, Sacred Heart is a, is a, is one that really usually Sacred Heart Academy, I should say. Uh, usually is the one that grabs some of the the uh, top players around the even yeah. they even take from East Haven and 
Um, so yeah, you the know. last few years, West Haven's been you know between a ten and a fourteen win team. So it's not too surprising. But getting off to a you know a good start it's always a, is it's a good start. A, listen, this is where the state this is where the state championships are played. Uh, a lot of a lot of the girls in the state have played at some point in their career many times at West Haven's right uh, field. Nice which, field. Oh, uh, beautiful. Well, it's not just that field. I'm talking about like even the ones down in the park a bit. Oh, okay. Um, you know, like the Morse Park area. So you know, again, uh, not. Uh, we're still of, waiting for the big showdowns, I think. You know, a lot of them, which got rearranged. <laughs> St. Joe's and Cheshire. Uh, yeah, St. Joe's and Cheshire on Saturday will be a fun one for sure. That's one I'm looking forward to. What are, any other games you're going to? Uh, today I'm going to Barlow Massick. Uh, the rest of the week I'm not quite sure yet because of this, you know, lack of, you know, top quality matchups. But definitely plan to be at St. Joe's Cheshire. For sure. Okay, so all right, this is uh, again, this is a feeling out episode. We are, you know, nothing crazy here. Uh, we're going to start getting some guests on as we go, so uh, coaches get ready. We're going to be making some phone calls, uh, especially if your players play really well or your team does really well. We're going to get Jans, and and we're going to talk about the state here uh, of, of you know what's going on. So anyway, any other uh, this, you know any any other thoughts that we, we kind of didn't touch on yet? Um, no, not really. I just um, just looking forward to seeing some of these you know top teams finally um, you know face off one against one another. I feel like the poll and the top teams are gonna have a little bit of a different feel than last year. There's a lot of Class M schools last year that didn't lose games like North Brantford, Granby, Seymour. They were all you know in leagues that allowed them to win a lot of games. So they didn't really drop out of the poll. But I feel like this year it might go back to a Class Double L and L you know an L field to them. Hmm. That's all. So, well, I guess we'll call that a podcast for this week. We're going to come back a lot stronger next week. We're going to get really into this as the season goes along. Once we get out to a few games, I'm going to hit a few games. Ryan said he's going to hit a few games. And, you know, we're going to see where this all ends up come uh, come June 8th or thereabouts. So, anyway, hi uh, for Ryan Lacey, I'm Sean, Patrick Boley. This has been Inside the Circle on GameCT. See ya. Thank you.